we're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Life is full of problems. And if you're going to have a successful life, you're going to have to learn how to solve those problems. Well, I was thinking about it this week. I wanted to give you one tip, right? Especially all those young people in a job, right? You start a job. Here's, here's, here's what you got to do. You got to learn to do more than spot the problem. You got to learn how to solve the problem. If you want to get ahead in your job, don't be just the person that goes, boss, we have a problem. Because your boss has 5,000 problems and you might be one of them, right? Instead, what you want to do is you want to walk into that room and say, boss, I spotted a problem, but I know how to fix it. And your boss is like, please have a seat. Please, I want to talk to you. People that spot the problem are a dime to a dozen. In fact, Spoiler alert, that's kind of the problem with Washington, D.C. Everybody sees the problem and then says, it's them (laughs) across the aisle. That's like all of Washington, D.C. What we really need is somebody that doesn't just spot the problem, but knows how to fix the problem, solve the problem. I'm serious. On your job, pray this week that you would be a problem solver that gets to walk into that office one day to your manager, to your boss, and say, Boss, we have a problem, but I've got a solution. And I'm telling you, that will change everything. Very quickly, I want to give you a series outline for our entire series. Next week, we're going to be talking about trouble. And there's some trouble you just need rescue from. Rescue is how you solve some of your problems, all right? And there's some trouble in your life that you need to have a rescue strategy out of. You need to have a way to get out of this situation. And we're going to be talking about that next week. Following that, we're going to be talking about loneliness. Is loneliness a problem in our world? Yeah, it's on the rise, man. There's loneliness everywhere. And there's a solution for loneliness. It's called friendship. And I, I think that is something, it sounds so simple, but my goodness, we have trouble with friendship. And that is a solution to a lot of our loneliness in our life. And then we've got circumstance that just, it's like mind-blowing. I don't know what to do. Anybody ever have a situation like that? I don't know what to do. In those circumstances, the solution is guidance. You might need some advice. You might need some wisdom. And that week, we're going to be talking about that. And then finally, in our last week, we're going to talk about dark times when there seems to be no solution. We're talking about dark times. This is going to be the week where we talk about maybe you have to have a funeral. We're talking about maybe this is that week that that you have to file bankruptcy. Maybe this is that week somebody hands you papers and says you've been served and you're being sued. And suddenly your whole world goes dark. What do you do in that moment? Well, there is a solution for it. You got to find promises and you got to hold on to promises. All right. That's where we're going to be talking about that week. And then... Add to that is this, you need to be a promise keeper yourself. You need to be somebody when their world is dark, you are a shining light that your promises are true even in the darkness. That's the series. I want you to make, make note and be here every Sunday for the series. Somebody say, yeah? Yeah. All right. Today, we're talking about a problem. And I want to ask you, what can you do when your problem is sickness? What can you do when your problem is disease? What can you do when your problem is 
a wound. What about physical problems? That's what comes to our mind first, right? Yeah. The viruses. The whole world didn't know what to do with a single virus. Yeah. And still, if you say it in the wrong place, everybody's like, did he say the word? Where is it? Where is it? Oh my gosh. Or how about cancer? We've still not solved cancer. It's this awful thing. What do you do about that problem when you have a cancer diagnosis or, or heart disease? We've got these physical issues. But that's not the only kind of wounds we might face. We might also face emotional wounds. We're talking depression. Anxiety comes up when we're talking about these emotional wounds or a disorder of some type that we can't quite figure out. And then if it's not emotional, it can be relational. There are relationship wounds that might be attacking you today. And even years after they happened, they could still be a big problem for you. Problems in your family, problems in a marriage. We're talking, these are those issues where you're going, man, I've got a past regret and I've got a mistake and I, it happened 20 years ago, but my goodness, if I don't wake up every morning remembering it. Mm. What do you do about these wounds? How do you solve these problems called wounds? Well, I'm going to tell you today that healing is a problem solver. Can you say that with me? Healing, healing. is a problem solver. And you know this, if you've ever been sick, man, you just want to feel better. If you've ever had a wounded heart, if you've ever had a broken relationship, you understand how big these problems are and how good it would feel to have them healed. So I've got three points I'm going to share with you today. I'm not going to take long, but I want to share these three points with you. And point one is this, you need to heal. All right. You need to heal. If it's a medical issue, you might go see a doctor. A doctor. Very good. And if you're like me, you'll walk in and he'll say, well, I can tell right now you're about 15 pounds too heavy. You need to lose about 15 pounds. And when he says that to you or she, whoever the doctor is, you can't be offended. You're... You're going to be tempted to be defensive. How dare you say this about me? How dare you say I'm not perfect just the way I am? But in that moment, you got to stop all that because you know things aren't perfect just the way they are. And you know you need to change. That's why you've come to see the doctor. And so the doctor is going to look at you and say, I'm going to make some prescriptions for you. There are some things I'm prescribing to your life. You've got to change these things in order to be healed. And it usually works this way. The doctor will look at you and say, I need, you to, I'm, I need to remove some things that are negative from your life. Twinkies. Just take those right out of there. Take, take junk food right out of there. And he's removing your negative habits, right? He's removing negative things that you're filling your body with that are killing you. He's going to say, you are not active enough and you spend too much time sitting at a desk looking at a computer. And he's, what is he saying? He's saying, get rid of this negative stuff in your life. And then he'll say, but also I need you to add some positive stuff in your life. This might be where he gives you some medicine. This might be where he says, 
go on a diet, eat these foods instead, do these exercises instead. And you know what? When he does that and you do that, you usually end up healed. All right. Or it could be more of an emotional situation. If you're wounded emotionally, I would recommend going to a counselor. I would recommend going to talk to that person. And it won't take them long. They will look at you uh, probably about 15 minutes and they could say, well, right now I can tell you've got this problem in your life. And you're going to be tempted to say, how dare you? Uh, yeah. But you know that you're there to change. And so when they suggest that you change, you got to receive it. And so they're going to say, you've got these negative thoughts in your life. They are not true. Let's get those out of there. You've got these things where, where you just, you, you say these things over and over and over. Get these things out of your life. And instead, let's put in these positive affirmations. Let's put in these positive habits. And when you will do that, you will often find healing. Or maybe, maybe it's relational. You know what that looks like? That might look like you sitting at a table across from a person you hurt. And you say, hey, I need to remove some things I've done to you. I've said these things far too often. I've done these things far too often. Will you forgive me? What is that? You're taking those negative things out. You're taking, the, and then you covenant with the person. Now you're adding something positive. You're making promises to that person. From now on, I'm going to say these things, and I'm going to do these things in our relationship. And if you do these things, you might find healing in that relationship. Yeah. Is everyone following me today? Yeah. So at the bottom line of this, if you want find healing and you need healing. You need to remove some things and you need to add some things. All right. Above all, you need to get some wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Wisdom. And then you need to act wisely. And then you need to give it time. Yeah. Because sometimes it takes time to heal. Somebody say get wisdom. Get wisdom. Act wisely. Act wisely. And then give it time. Give it time. We're talking more than five minutes. All right. We're talking more than a couple of days. We're talking like you need to go ahead and buy a 16th month calendar and say, I am here. Let's see where we are at the end of this calendar and enjoy the puppy dogs and kitties because you bought the puppy dog kitty calendar along the way. It takes time to heal, but you need to heal. Don't be mad at somebody that walks up to you and says, hey, I think you need to remove some of these things from your life. The reason they're saying that is they want you to heal. Yeah. Hey, I think you need to add these things to your life. The reason they're saying that is they want you to heal. Yes, Everybody said you need to heal. You need to heal. If you are doing that and you still aren't healing, then you're ready for step two because there's another thing you got to learn. It's likely that you're going to need someone to help you. You need others to heal. Can you say that out loud with me? You need others to heal. You need to heal, but in order to heal, you're probably going to need other people. Healing often involves 
others. And I've got a verse for us to read. It's James chapter 5, verse 14. We're going to put it up on the screens for you to see. James 5, 14. He says, is any among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Those are three verses in James chapter 5. Now, did anyone notice others in these words? Did anybody notice others in these verses and how they're attached to healing? In verse 14, he says, call for the elders of the church. James expected that the ones hearing him who need healing to find that healing in the church. What is the church? Not a building, but a group of people. A bunch of others. And he says, call for the elders. Do you know what that means? That means that he is expecting the people that need healing to be a part of a church so much that they know who is serving and leading in that church, that they know maybe the elders by name. That he could, they could call on them and say, hey, Bob, because they know Bob. And hey, Joe, because they know Joe. Do you understand that James is expecting us to be not only in the church, but a part of the church and actually a, a structure around us where there are people that have an authority to speak into our life. That they're working hard for our life and that we call on them. That's what the word elder is all about. That's a leadership position in a church. That you have a relationship with. All of that's important. James says that in just a few words. And then in verse 16, James says, one of, I think one of the more shocking words in, in the Bible, he's talking about healing. And then he says, confess. Yeah. Confess what? Your, your sins. To- sins. What are you talking about? The confession of sins, we always think about what? That's about salvation, yeah. right? Yeah. That's how we think about it. James is saying, uh-uh, rethink it. Confessing your sins is all about healing. healing. And he says, <laughs> to confess to one another. Yeah. Now let me tell you, let me just give you a caveat here. You don't need to just confess to anybody. No. You don't need to just tell everybody your business. But you need to have somebody you can trust. That you confess to. Right. And in doing that, you will find some healing. That's it. Thank you. What is this? Well, it, if you do that in a counselor's office, you aren't freaked out at all. But if you do that in church, you're a little nervous. Yeah. Right. You went to the hospital, you went to the doctor and said, Well, doctor, if, if I'm being honest with you, i got to tell you that I eat way too many Twinkies. You're confessing there. Yeah. 
We get weird about the word confession. Rethink the word confession. You need to have such an open relationship with people. You can actually look at them in the eye and say, I am struggling. I am a little hurt. I'm a little confused. I'm a little angry. This, what is this? This is confession. And you need to be able to confess all of the weakness in your life. All of the shortcomings in your life. What if we didn't hide our sin, but we confessed it? Yes. All right. You know what would happen? James says healing would happen. Healing. There's this thing in us. There's, oh, I would just die if anyone knew this thing about me. You know where that keeps you? That keeps you in your wounds. Yes, it does. That keeps you in your sickness. That keeps you in a place where your mind is, at e- is not at ease and it's full of anxiety. But it is looking in the eyes of someone who actually loves you. And you say, I am so crazy. And the person laughs and says, yes, you are. I love you. Yes. That's a moment right there of healing. Let's practice it because I, I might need it. I am so crazy. Y'all say, yes, you are. But we love you. Thank you. Jess, thank you. I needed that. I needed that today. He says confession and prayer can heal. That's really something maybe you need to rethink. What it requires is more than just you and God. It requires you and others and God. Do you see that? God is really serious about this you and others thing. He says the prayers of another who is in right standing with God. That's what the word righteous means. He says the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. The person that's another in your life that is in right standing with God. If they pray with you over what you just confessed. It is a powerful moment. And it is an effective moment. What does that mean? That means that it's so powerful, it will do things that you couldn't do. And it is effective. That means it's not a waste of time. It's actually going to work. Somebody say, it's going to work. Do you know that prayer, this kind of prayer works? Somebody say, we need one another. another. All throughout the New Testament, when you read through your Bible this year, you're going to see people say the term one another over and over and over throughout the New Testament. It's in the Gospels. It's in the letters. It's in the book of Acts. It's everywhere in there. One another is a big deal in the Bible. Something like a hundred times you'll find the phrase one another. It tells us to rejoice with one another. It tells us to mourn with one another. To love one another, to care for one another, to encourage one another, to pray with one another. That list just goes on. In fact, I don't have time to go over the list, so I just printed out the list. As you go out on that lobby table right there, that info table, why don't you just grab that list and study this week about the one another's of Scripture. One another's are a big deal. Why is it a big deal? Because maybe you need a fellow problem solver. Maybe you've been trying to solve this problem all on your own. Maybe you need somebody else. To help you solve 
your problems. But I got to trust them. Yeah. Yeah. And don't you think maybe that's a positive thing? Do you say, some people say that as a negative thing. Oh, I know you've been hurt before, but these are people in right standing with God. These are problem solvers. This is trusting the right people, right? You need to find those people in your life. Maybe you have never taken advantage of the one another's all around you. I know that happens all the time in churches. There are people that have been a part of a church forever, but they've just held the hurt inside. They've never confessed it. They've never opened up to another person. They've never said to one another, would you pray with me? Can I tell you, I think that is ridiculous. That is just wildly upside down. This ought to be the one place you can come where there is somebody who gets you. All right. Where there's somebody who loves you and will take time and listen to you and not throw things at you for the things you've done and the things you've thought. This is going to be that place. This is that place. But it's not that place unless we prove it. All right. Redemption Church, will we prove it? Will we be a one another kind of church? Will we be a place where people can open up to us? Will we be a place where we actually pick up that phone and say hello and somebody's world is falling apart and we actually say, hey, I'll make time. Let's go hang out. Let's be that place because healing involves others. That's why we have connect groups. That's why we have small groups. We started this last week, our small group. Somebody say, yeah, if you went to small group this week. Yeah. Yeah. I want everybody to say yeah when I ask you next time. Because small groups is a place where there's one another. It's in a house and people are hanging out and people pray with one another. People ask one another questions. People share their victories. People share their fears with one another. It's at a connect group. If you have not found healing, perhaps you need to find a one another at a connect group. Yes. Yeah. You don't know how to join a connect group? Please talk to us. I will get you there. I want to get you there so bad. Number two, we always do something at the end of service. What do we do at the end of service? We talk to God. We pray at this altar. We, we, we actually invite people. If you want to come pray, come pray. You know what that is? That's a time of one another. That's it. That's a time where you can come up and you could say, Pastor Chris, I need some prayer. Will you pray with me? You know what? I have never said, told anyone no. Yeah. I'm like, yes, let's do it. I'm like, Marshall, come over here. Let's pray. We're going to pray with one another. If you are not healing, can I suggest that you take advantage of one another prayer? Now, let me add one more thing to you because I love y'all so much. Sometimes you're so nervous about coming up because somebody might think you've got a problem. Are we back there? Yeah, you do have a problem. You need healing. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody in this house, just wave your hand if there's something in your life you need healing over. See, you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. Me too. Me too. It's me. Me. Your pastor. Me too. I need prayer. So let me offer you this though. If you don't want to come up here and pray, why don't you have at least a strong enough relationship with one another in this church? That you could look at somebody who is sitting near you and you could say, hey, would you pray with me today? 
Because there's something in my life that's hurting. And I need to get it right. And I need to set things right. And I need to get healed. Would you pray? That is powerful. If you've never taken advantage of that, that could be a reason you haven't found your healing yet. Healing often involves others. So today you ought to just go, I hear you, God. And then just look at Deborah and say, Deborah, would you pray with me? I hear you, God. I hear you, God. I'm going to ask other people to pray with me. And do it during the week. Do it when you're stressed out. Do it when you're freaking out. Do it when you're mad. Do it. Pull it. Pick up the phone. You know, phones, you can easily pray with people over the phone. And so we talked about connect groups. We talked about prayer. And we could just talk about this one. Sometimes it's just fellowship. Sometimes it's just hanging out with one another. And in that moment, maybe no one even opens up a Bible and quotes a verse. Maybe no one even says a prayer and ends it in Jesus' name. But just by hanging out, by hanging out with people that love you and receive you and accept you, I have found some healing in those moments. But it requires one another. That was point two. Point one was what? You need to heal. Point two is you need others to heal. Then I'm going to bring you to this third point. Here it is. You're going to find eventually a problem bigger than you can solve. All right. Never fails. You're going to find a thing that is bigger than you. It's a giant. It, it, is, it is a struggle. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a guilt. Jesus. But there is something in your life. Maybe it's a physical issue. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's a tumor that's inoperable. It could be a lot of things. But I'm telling you, life for Christians, listen, we are not exempt of this. Christians, we too will run into problems that are bigger than us. They are bigger than any self-help book you can find at Barnes & Noble. They are bigger than any of the medicine you can get from your doctor. They are bigger than any of the exercises your advisor, your counselor can give you. You will run into problems that are bigger than you. Do not be surprised. Jesus even told us this. He said, he looked at his followers and he said, In this world you will have trouble. These problems that are too big for you. You know what happens? You try, but you're still not healed. You seek wisdom and counsel, but you're still not healed. And you, you went to all the experts, but you're still not healed. If that's you, I've got the perfect Bible story for you today. It's found in Luke chapter 8. It is that exact story. We call it the woman with the issue of blood. That's what you people call it. I just like to call it the woman with the issue We've all got these issues that are bigger than us. Let's look at it together. Luke 8, chapter 42. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. He was surrounded by that many people. Verse 43, and a woman, just a single, all by herself woman, was there who had been subject to bleeding for 
12 years. Somebody say 12 years. And she spent all she had on doctors. But no one could heal her. Verse 44. She came up behind Jesus. And she touched the edge of his cloak. And immediately her bleeding stopped. It's a wonderful story, isn't it? Yes. There's some more to it. It's great. Study it on your own. Here is what I want to focus on with you today. She was 12 years sick. Just absolutely exhausted trying to be healed for 12 years. It's not like she wasn't trying. She was trying. But everything she tried didn't work. How did she try? Well, she went to doctor after doctor. It's plural there. Doctors. She didn't just seek one doctor. She sought another doctor. And they all told her things to do. And, and, and you know, sometimes there's all kinds of different doctors you can go to, right? There's medical doctors and there's like, like maybe holistic doctors and there's all kinds. I bet she hit them all. Yeah. How do we know she hit them all? Because she ran out of money doing it. It says now that she's, now all of this, trying to get healed, she had financial problems. She had spent all that she had. Why? Because she had a problem bigger than she could solve and bigger than any doctor could solve. I'm talking about a problem bigger than you can solve. Big problems are scary. Big problems are the worst I don't like big problems. But you know what? Her big problem brought her right to Jesus. It took her 12 years to get there. But on this day, she said, you know what? I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to do something my friends won't understand. I'm going to do something that maybe... You know, the popular kids at school would laugh at me if they knew I was doing this. But I'm going to go to this guy that I've heard about named Jesus. And I'm just going to make contact with him. And her big problem brought her right to the problem solver. Jesus is a problem solver. That's the last thing I want to tell you today. Jesus is a problem solver. And when she touched Jesus, it says that she was healed immediately. Oh, listen, there's all kinds of healing that you can pursue. There is natural healing, healing that takes time, healing that you might have to lay in a bed for a while and take medicines, healing like you might have to go through chemotherapy, this this kind of healing. But there is also, I want to tell you, a supernatural touch of God that can heal you instantly. And that's our Jesus. He is that kind of problem solver. He fixes problems that are too big for us that we don't know what to do. I wouldn't tell you this today except that I have experienced it myself. And I'd like to give you our testimony. Sarah, would you come up here with me? My beautiful Sarah, can we all hear it for her? She's so wonderful. I met this girl outside of a taco restaurant. That's how blessed our relationship is. We met, we met in tacos. We're nearby. That's right. It's the wonderful smell. 
aroma of the tacos and the beautiful scenery of her eyes. It was just too much for me to take. I fell madly in love with this girl in 2007. We started dating. And she opened up. And she, we started talking pretty seriously. We started talking about, do you ever want to have kids? I said, yeah. Do you want to have kids? She's like, yeah. But I can't. Sarah said, I can't have kids because I have epileptic seizures that are so severe. My grandma seizures happen basically every day, sometimes more than once even a day. And I'm on medicine, but it doesn't solve the problem. I've gone to every doctor that I can. I've got really good doctors, but they have done nothing that can help me. And they've told me, they said, Sarah, because of your seizures, you will never be able to carry a baby to full term. You will never be able to have children. And we had this conversation. It was like a punch you in the gut kind of conversation it was a conversation that was bigger than me I was like whoa I don't remember how you're supposed to respond to this like somebody was supposed to teach me how to respond in this moment I didn't really know what to do so we you know we kind of stopped that conversation and then I went and I prayed and I was praying God I love this girl. And I, I felt really solid about this. I said, God, if, if you don't heal her, I, I'm going to marry this girl. I, th- I think that's what I'm supposed to do. You know, I pray in all this. I remember I, I then met with her and I was going to tell her this. But my conversation didn't go like I thought it was going to go. I thought I was going to tell her how I was going to love her anyway. And I did, I did tell her that. But something happened in the middle of me telling her, hey, this is going to be okay if we can't have kids. We're still together. Something happened. Something stood up in me. A faith stood up in me. And I looked at Sarah at Stonebriar Mall right outside of Nordstrom. They had... They had a little couch there and we're sitting on that couch. She was looking so cute and she was way too good for me. Everybody's walking by going, oh, that guy just doesn't even know. But I did know. I was good too good for me but I looked at her and something stirred up in me Charles I said God's gonna heal you God's gonna heal you of epilepsy and we're gonna have babies and I told her that and while I'm saying that I'm like what are you doing what if that doesn't happen all these thoughts but it felt it was like in the moment it was in the moment. There are moments that go beyond your wisdom and your brain power. They're God moments. And I was in a God moment. Anybody ever be in a God moment? Yeah. And in that moment, I was a one another for Sarah. And I told her this. And, she, and then I also, I did add, and if he doesn't, I'm still going to be yours. We're going to be together. That was like a month after we had met, something like that. Gosh, we move fast. And a few weeks later, on a Wednesday night, it was just weeks. A few weeks later, she came to a church called Redemption Church. 
And it was a prayer meeting and they were having prayer and people came to the front just like how we invite you to come to the front. And they came to the front and they stood in a circle and they held hands and the pastor went around that circle and he said, hey, do you need any prayer? Do you need any prayer? And he went all around that circle and he got to the last person and that last person was Sarah Fluitt. And he said, Sarah, is there anything I can pray with you about? And what did Sarah say? What did you say? Nope. She said, nope. I'm good. Sometimes we need healing. But when we're asked, can we pray for you? People say, nope, I'm good. At that moment on a Wednesday night in 2007, my Sarah, after saying nope, fell to the ground in an immediate grand mal seizure. And this is my favorite part of the story. I wasn't there that night. But people just gathered around my Sarah. And there's this scary moment. We don't know. None of them knew she had epilepsy. And she's shaking and convulsing on the ground. And people just one another came. And they stood around her. And they started to just pray. In Jesus name, please help Sarah right now. Please stop this seizure in her life. Please God, heal her of this seizure. The one and others in this small little storefront gathered around Sarah Fluitt and they prayed for her. Sarah got up right after that and said, what happened? Why are y'all all standing around? She was out of it. That, do you know the day that was? October 24th. October 24th, 2007. Sarah, why do you remember that day? Because that was my last seizure. Because that was her last seizure. We have three miracle babies and a fourth one is on the way this year because Jesus is a problem solver. He's the one that did it. But I also want to show you his plan. He used people to do it. He used people. You want to say something? You want to sit down? She wants to sit down. Yes, you can sit down. Sweet. Pregnant Sarah. Good job, Sarah. Let's hear it for her one more time. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that for my life. I, I couldn't bring healing to my wife. I couldn't. The people that were praying for her couldn't do it. But Jesus did. Amen. And just like that woman in, in that crowd reached out and touched Jesus, on that moment, somebody touched Jesus for Sarah. And later, a year later, we were married and we've just had a wonderful, miraculous life ever since. Why am I telling you this? Because I believe absolutely healing is possible. I believe that supernatural healing is possible. Natural healing is possible. And I believe God wants to use other people to bring about your healing. I want our musicians to come. We're about to take a moment and pray. I want you to pray today. I want you to pray I want you to really ask this question right now. What is something that you need to be healed of? Name it. Be real about it. And if you have that answer, you're ready for step one. Step one was I need to be healed. And you need to decide I need to be healed. And if I need to be healed, I need to go do some things. 
And I need to stop acting like everything's all right. I need to go do something. I need to go get rid of some negative things. I need to go add some positive things. And I need to find healing in my life. I need to be healed. And if you accomplish step one of I need to be healed, you might as well accomplish step two. And step two is I need others to be a part of my healing. And if you have that thing you need to be healed with, you ought to find someone in this room tonight while they're playing and we're worshiping. Find somebody and say, will you be someone who would pray with me? And will you pray with me right now and let them pray with you? That's step two. And if you are willing to do step two, you might as well, since we're here, do step three. And you ought to have a little faith kind of just bubble up in you that says, Jesus is bigger than my problem. And invite Jesus to be that problem solver. You might not even know it's going to happen. I'm not saying you know it's going to happen. I didn't know God was going to heal Sarah. I just said it in faith. Maybe that's you tonight. Maybe you just say it in faith. I believe Jesus, what that preacher said about you. And I'm going to give it a try. Those are the three things I want you to do today. These altars are open for you. You can come right now. As you're coming, I want to pray for the people that are watching and listening online. And when I'm done praying for them, I'm ready to pray for you and we're ready to worship. Everybody, everybody watching, listening online, I want to talk to you right now. I would love you to text us at 469-467-8111. I want you to text us these three words, ready to heal. When you text us that, we will know to pray for you. We might even reach out to you and see how we can help you heal. We care about this. You might, you didn't just find a random video online. This is your moment. You need healing. You're going to get help from others. And you're going to run into, into contact with the Jesus that's bigger than your problem. Let's pray for the people online. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for all my friends watching and listening online. Jesus, you're able to heal them. Lord, I pray, Lord, that they would find someone in their life that they can have healing with. Lord, I pray, Lord, that they would type those words and this week we'd be able to reach out to them and we would be able to declare that Jesus is a true, miraculous problem solver for them. In Jesus' name, come on. We're going to worship God together. If you want prayer, come on forward and we're going to pray for you today in the name of Jesus. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. 